You can turn your Bibles in Romans chapter 10, or look up on the screen, we'll be up there in just a little bit. But they were doing some excavating, I don't know if any of you heard about this this week, but they're doing some excavating, uh, and it was around the church of Laodicea, and they uncovered, now get this, they uncovered a hymnal from the Laodicean church. Did you all hear about that in the news? You didn't hear about that? Well, I heard about it, and I was able to bring it to you. And uh, there was an inscription in the front of it, it was sort of like a preface, and it went like this. He said, we didn't want to turn anyone off with threatening words that no one understands anymore like hymn or worship. People in today's society get kind of uncomfortable with too much talk about things like commitment and dedication. They'd much rather have a religion that they can turn on or off at will. Our book seeks to meet that need. And here is a table of contents. We weren't able to uncover all of the hymns that they have, but we were able to uncover apparently the table of contents. The first one was a comfy mattress is our God. <laughs> Above average is thy faithfulness. I surrender some. All hail the influence of Jesus' name. Be thou my hobby. Blessed be the tie that doesn't cramp my style. I lay my inappropriate behaviors on Jesus. I'm fairly certain that my Redeemer lives. Joyful, joyful, we kind of like Thee. Keep us loosely connected to Your Word. My faith looks around for Thee. My hope is built on nothing much. Oh, for a couple of tongues to sing. Oh, how I like Jesus. Pillow of ages. Fluffed for me. Praise God from whom all affirmations flow. Self-esteem to the world. Sit up, sit up for Jesus. Spirit of the living God, fall somewhere near me. Special, special, special. In case you don't get that, instead of holy, holy, holy. Take my life and let me be. There is scattered cloudiness in my soul today. There shall be sprinkles of blessings. What an acquaintance we have in Jesus. When peace like a trickle. When the saints go sneaking in. Where He leads me, I will consider following. <laughs> yeah, they were, full of, they were, of course, the Church of Compromise. And when you hear those, those titles, how many of you, you know the real one? And that for some folks who didn't grow up in traditional churches and you didn't hear all the hymns, you may say, what was the original one? And you have no idea. <laughs> but it's just missing that flow that the, that the real one has. And... Uh, you know, for a thousand tongues to sing and, and such joy to the world and such things like that. Well, there's a certain flow to that and there's a certain flow to the Word of God and we want to look at that. Last week in our Faithfulness series, we took up a new aspect of this that we wanted to cover and we're going to put that on hold because I didn't want to catch all the kids up to where we were at with that and they wouldn't be here for where we're going and what we're doing in that is really building to something. So I, I wanted to, to hold that off. And so this is an aspect we wanted to get into in Faithfulness and it will kind of help out with build upon where the kids were when they were here with us last time. 
Of course, you all remember that was Super Bowl Sunday. That was a fun week. Romans chapter 10, verse 14. How then shall they call on Him in whom they have they have not believed? How shall they believe in Him in whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As we said, there is a flow to the Word of God. Our lack of understanding of that flow will create insufficiency against the circumstances and opposition in our lives. There is a flow to the Word of God. What I just read to you here in Romans chapter 10, there is a flow to how things go, to how the Word of God is supposed to go out, to how faith comes. There is a flow to it. Very often, we want to create our own flow. We don't want to go with the flow. How many of you ever gone uh, rafting down the river? Last time we did that as a church, we had a good time. We were in the fun raft. The rest of you were in other rafts. We were in the fun raft. <laughs> we had fun in our raft. Now we were, we did this where where uh, you know we were going. We started out at the back and and because uh, everybody else was in front, and then we caught up and got out to the front. And then it was boring up there because you couldn't hit anybody or splash anybody or douse anybody up in the front because no one was there. So then we swam. We took the, the raft all the way to the back, and we paddled upstream so we get there faster. And then we got to the back and we, we hit everybody on the way down. We went back up to the front again. We are just going back and forth on it all over. But I did notice that when we went with the flow of the river, it was faster. When we went against the flow of the river, it was slower. And we had, we had to struggle with that. We had difficulty. You couldn't just stop. You had to keep going. You had to keep pedaling. Rowing, whatever it was. But there is a flow to the Word of God. Very often, Christians want to create their own flow, come up with a new way of doing it, and they don't get into the flow that is there, and insufficiency comes out in their lives. You must be faithful to the Word of God. As you learn more of the Word of God, you must be faithful to that. But as we talked about before, being faithful to what is wrong will not produce a reward. You can go into work and you can have a certain job. How many of you know what your job is at work? And you can be faithful to another job description. And you were faithful to it. You worked hard at it, but it wasn't what you were supposed to do. Is your, is your boss going to be happy about that? Are your customers going to be happy about that? Not so much. We want to look at first off here, faithlessness, being faithless, because this is the way that too many Christians go. They don't realize it, but they, they have gone in the direction of faithlessness. A faithless person is one who stops the flow, the flow of the Word. They stop the flow at the hearing of the Word. That is a faithless person. In Zechariah, we're going to come back over here to Romans in a moment, but Zechariah chapter 1, verse 4 reads this. Do not be like your fathers to whom the former prophets preached, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Turn now from your evil ways and your evil deeds. But they did not hear nor heed me. They did not hear. Too often Christians, when they hear something, they don't first off consider, is it of the Word of God? They say, I don't like it. That rubs me the wrong way. I don't like that. And they turn it off. They don't hear it. Zechariah was bringing the word. They didn't want to hear it. I don't want to hear that we're going to fall. I don't want to hear that enemies are coming in. I don't want to hear that God's mad at us. 
They don't want to hear that stuff. In Zechariah chapter 7 and verse 11, but they refused to heed, shrugged their shoulders and stopped their ears so that they could not hear. You know, if you want a picture of that, I'll give you a good way to get a picture of this. Go up to Mr. Keith and begin to talk to him about this season of 24. <laughs> That's all you got. You will get a picture of what's going on because he doesn't want to hear it. Not until he gets the whole season and watches it all one time. So, yeah, it is good. I know. <laughs> Daryl and I would come over here on Wednesday night. We start talking about it. And, start, and he goes off and puts his fingers in his ears and la, 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 la. <laughs> He's not going to hear about it. So we just had to talk about it amongst ourselves. But they didn't hear and they didn't heed. But some people get to the point so much that they don't want to, they don't want to heed it. So I'm not even going to hear it. And they stop up their ears to the thing. That is a faithless person. That is a person who's not putting faith to what they need to put faith in. Is that lack of hearing, is that lack of heeding going to help them? It's not. But look at Romans chapter 10 again. Romans chapter 10, verse 14. How shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in Him? How shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a what? I heard, uh, I think uh, some time ago, I heard Brother uh, Keith talking about this. Brother Keith Moore. And he was talking about somebody had come on up. They were a person of means. They had a lot of money. And they said, why do we need to send missionaries? Why do we need to send preachers overseas? Why don't we just send them Bibles? So he went back over this verse of Scripture. And he says, how shall they believe without, how, how shall they hear without a, without a Bible? And then he expounded on that and he said that Brother Hagin, of course, Brother Hagin was anointed to teach the Word. Other people too were anointed to teach the Word. And he would say that sometimes Brother Hagin would get going on some of his texts that he would read and he'd just read a long period of text and just go on through it. And as he was reading the Scripture that he'd already read before, Brother Keith already read it before, already heard it before, he's just reading the Scripture just like Brother Keith had done, all of a sudden stuff would open up. And he, oh, I didn't see that. Oh, that's what that's talking about. Because there's an anointing on it. There's an anointing on it. Whether you like the preacher or not, folks, there's an anointing on it. And God didn't say that send the, send the Bibles. He said send the preachers. And so there's importance in that, in that area. So that's why we've been, you know, emphasizing. I like Ethel's testimony here this morning. There's a lot of good people out there. Go out there and get what they got. Go ahead, go out there and get what they got. I listen, I, I bet I listen to more people in a week than you do. I hope I'm not at the point where I can say I listen to more than all of you put together. I hope that's not the case. But I'll tell you what, you have your work cut out for you because I listen a lot. I hear a lot. I can go through, on average, two to three church services a day. On a good day, I'll hit seven or eight. Sometimes if I, if I listen to a good one, good one usually with Brother Hagen, uh, some of his I'll listen to two, three, four times before I go on to the next one. I want to get it all. And just hearing the word. Sometimes some of these guys will read a scripture and as they're reading the scripture, my mind starts racing. I've gotten whole series out of someone saying one phrase. Whole series out of it. I mean, when I get a series, I'm talking 20, 25 weeks of stuff. And I got because one person said one thing. Oh, 
I didn't look at that that way. Oh, yeah. And now my mind just starts to begin to work. And as they're reading the verse of Scripture, they're getting into the Word of God. They're just reading it. I have to keep pen and paper around me all the time. Because if not, don't give me... I'm over there standing away or, or putting something away. Here comes this Word. Oh, I could look into it. I need to look into that. And I need to get out there and start writing that down so I can get that out there and look, at it, look it up and check it out. Sometimes they just read a passage of Scripture. Not even a big part of their what they're getting into. And they read that thing. Oh, I see. I didn't see that before. Listen to the Word of God. Make sure that you hear it. Get a hold of preachers. Get a lot of them. Just get them. That's why we're going over all this podcasting stuff and things like that. I want you guys to be Word and, and just indulged with the Word. I want Word just to be coming out your, your ears, coming out your eyes, just coming out to you all over the place. Just Word, 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 Word. Just keep getting it in. Just keep putting it in. You can't, you can't overdose on it. Just keep taking that word in. How shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Well, he goes on and talks about other things there, but there's a flow that's here. Make sure that you get into that flow. And the flow is that for all of us here, preachers need preachers. Non-preachers need preachers. We all need it. Get out there and get it. And don't just get turned off to it. There are some people whose personalities turn me off. I still got to get the word they got. Whether I like their personality or not. If they're getting into the word good, I'm going to listen to them. If they aren't getting into the word good, I don't care if I like their personality or their presentation. Get into the word of God. Dig into it. We want to see what the word of God has to say. But don't be faithless. Well, then there's the unfaithful crowd. An unfaithful person is one who stops the flow at the doing of the Word of God. They heard it. They listened. But they're not going out and doing anything with it. They neither act on or speak the Word they have heard and come to know. Miss Ethel's exhortations about speaking the Word there this morning. Good things. Get that direction set for you. In Titus chapter 1, For a bishop must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but hospitable, a lover of what is good, sober-minded, just, holy, self-controlled, holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught, that he may be able, by sound doctrine, both to exhort and convict those who contradict. Now, this is what it says about a bishop. You can put in there bishop, elder, pastor, whatever you want. I put in there all those things because we understand it a little bit better that way. But if these things are good for a bishop, pastor, elder, are they good for you? Now, for a bishop, pastor, elder, here's what it says. It does not say specialize in three or four of these things. For a bishop must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-willed, not quick-tempered. How many of you folks can can define yourself as being quick-tempered? Got one word for you. Quit it! (laughs) It's not good for preachers, bishops, elders. It's not good for you. Don't do it. Well, that's just my personality. Well, dear God, God forgot to write that in there. (laughs) Isn't that something? You found a problem in the Word of God. It's just not complete because it forgot about your personality. And of course, God created that, so it must be good. Huh. For a bishop must be blameless unless he has a quick-tempered personality. No. 
Get rid of that quick-tempered stuff. Don't, well, my mouth just gets going. Well, stop it! You can stop it. Stop telling yourself you can't. Well, it's just the kids. Oh, well, this was written before kids came around, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they had cats then too, I guess. As a steward of God, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but hospitable, a lover of what is good, sober-minded. Right there, right there is cats. Lover of what is good. <laughs> but hospitable, a lover of what is good, sober-minded, just, holy, self-controlled, holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convict those who contradict. That is what a bishop, elder, pastor is supposed to do. For there are many insubordinate. That doesn't sound like a good trait. Both idle talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision. Be careful of any teacher who is not submitted to another. Be careful of any teacher who is not submitted to another. Please. Everyone, if you've got somebody that you listen to, who do they talk about they're submitted to? Guys I listen to, Cruffa Dollar talks about his who he's submitted to. And that's good. It, 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 well, Cruffa Dollar, I mean, he's... So... <laughs> It doesn't matter. Listen to it. Brother Hagen had folks he submitted to. That he listened to. That he yielded to. We all need to have people that are there. Because no one's an island. No one is able to, to stand on their own. We all are submitted one to another, the Word of God says. And if you have one who's not submitted, well, there's, a, there's an issue there. There's a lot of folks who want to go out and they say they had this ministry, that ministry. And you've asked them who you submitted to. Well, no, don't... Don't we find anybody who lines up with us? I don't line up with you either. See you later. <laughs> Both idle talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision or the Jews, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole households, teaching things which they ought not for the sake of dishonest gain. You might think that was written today, wouldn't you? But it was going on back then. Still be going on in the future. People are out there for dishonest gain. They want what they can get. Whose mouths must be stopped. Well, I thought they weren't going to hear. They weren't going to believe unless the preachers went. Unless they were sent. Well, these folks ought not to be talking. The other ones ought to be. You need to be walking around those, those areas. But if those traits are good for bishops, pastors, elders, aren't they good for everyone? We all ought to live up to that. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering His rest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Not being mixed with faith. This is such an important thing, such an important concept for us to understand. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. Which meant the preacher was sent. But the word which they heard did not profit them. 
you can hear word and it not profit you. Not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. The way the word becomes profitable is that faith must, everybody say must, be mixed in you with the word you heard. If you just hear word and have no faith to mix with it, it will not profit you a thing. Now, we're going to get into how to mix faith with what you heard. Because it doesn't do you any good to just say, oh, to mix faith with what you heard and send you on off and say, well, I'm not sure. What do I do to do that? Hello. See, they were unfaithful with the word that they heard. Now, here's a couple of word pictures for you. We've already gone over these stories. We don't need to go over them again. You all know these stories real well. But when Israel was told to go to the promised land and that God was going to take them to the promised land and they ran out of water, what did they do? complained, grumbled, and immediately jumped to the conclusion that God had brought them out there to kill them. Did they mix faith with the word that they heard? No, no you can tell that's not mixing faith there. When they went on a little bit further, God miraculously su- supplied water. If you saw water come from a rock, how many of you would never doubt again? That'd do it for you. I mean, some of you would say, just walking through the Red Sea. That would have done it. Then watching it all fold up on the Egyptians. I'm okay from this point on. I'm never disbelieving again. That's it. I am always going to be a believer. However, it didn't work for them. And the first time they had opposition, they immediately doubted God. You brought us out here to die. That's why He parted the Red Sea. That's why He wiped out the Egyptian army. That's why He brought ten plagues upon the Egyptians. That's why He had them give them all their gold. Yeah. So then they run out of food. What do they say? Glory to God. God will provide because He said He's going to take us to the promised land. They, they said, God brought us out here to die. And every other problem they ran into, God brought us out here to die. And if they had any kind of discipline action, we saw that before. God had some discipline action on some of the people. What? Moses is going to kill all of us? God just brought us out here to, to, to kill us. And so they brought, come out to the, to the promised land and they send the spies in. The spies come out and they give a bad report and they all say, that's okay, our God is a big God. No, they didn't say that, did they? They said, oh, our God brought us all the way out here. He miraculously gave us water in the desert. Miraculously gave us food when there was no McDonald's around. <laughs> miraculously parted the Red Sea and drowned the Egyptian army. Just to bring us to here to kill us. Glory be to God. So they doubted God. And so God said, that's it. I'm done with this crew. He's ready to wipe the whole thing out. Moses interceded and got the younger ones. Got got it okay for them. So the younger ones were going to stick around. And God said, alright, that's it. But everybody, 20 and up, they're dead. They're dying. And they said, oh no, now we're ready to obey. And so we all know they all went up there. And Moses said, don't go. And God said, don't go. And Aaron said, don't go. And they said, we're going. <laughs> were they faithful to the Word of God? No. They, were, were, they were faithful. Catch this, catch this, folks. They were faithful to the Word of God for yesterday. But they weren't faithful to the Word of God for today. What did the Word of God for today say? Don't go. The Word of God yesterday said, go. I'll tell you what, folks, there's a whole lot of faith people that are living faithfully to what God said yesterday. 
and they haven't gone back to God to find out what God says today. Now, I'm not talking about going back to God to find out if He changed His mind and taking you a different direction or any of that. But sometimes, it's like when Israel went out to battle. I mean, David was very good with this. David would go out to battle. What shall we do? And God would give him the battle instructions and he'd go out there and follow him. And then he'd come on back and he'd say, what shall we do? And God gave him the same battle instructions and he'd go out there and he'd follow him. And he'd come on back and say, what shall we do? And God say, go out and fight him. And they'd go out and follow the same battle instructions and, and God provided and they won. Now, after a while, if God keeps telling you the same thing, how many of you are going to back off and just say, well, I guess I know how to do this now. I know how to get this done now. And you'll obey yesterday's word. But David was pretty good at going back and getting today's word. How shall we go about it? Well, this time I want you to go on around behind them. And when you hear the rustling in the mulberry trees, then you go. And he did. See, we're being faithful to yesterday's word sometimes. Not today's. Maybe we didn't like today's word. Maybe we didn't understand today's word. So instead of spending time to understand it, we'd rather go with what we had yesterday. I understand that one. Go up and fight. All right, I'm ready to go up and fight now. But we weren't. But I'll tell you what. Be ready to obey the word that you get today. If the word is go up and fight, be ready to go up and fight. If the word is go around behind, be ready to go around behind. If the word is leave, be ready to leave that battle, not fight that day. You got to listen to God. You got to hear what God has to say. Because God's pretty consistent, but sometimes He had different plans for the children of Israel to follow, for David to follow, for Joshua to follow, for all the different ones that were out there. But here in Hebrews, going back here, for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. The word that I hear can become unprofitable to me if I do not mix faith with it. So, how do I mix faith with it? First off, find word-based teaching. Don't just find any teaching. Find word-based teaching. You know, preachers that are out, and there's a whole lot of them, preachers who talk about the Word of God do not interest me and I do not waste my time downloading them onto my iPod. I don't want someone who's going to talk about the Word of God. I want someone who's going to get into the Word of God. I want to hear the words, turn in your Bibles. I want to hear that. I don't want to hear, turn in your newspapers. I know the newspaper can shed some light on some things that are going on today's thing and stuff, such things like that, but current events can help you out to understand, but you got to know the Bible first. I want a preacher who's going to say, turn in your Bibles. How many of you have gotten a hold of uh, Pastor Bob's? podcast and been downloading him. I heard from a few of you that you have. What's he say? Turn in your Bibles. Every day you turn them up. Turn in your Bibles. Going over here. There's not a day, not a free, not a message he preaches. He's not into the Word somewhere. He'll do that. Brother Hagen. What's he say? Turn in your Bibles. What's Brother Cruffle say? Let's read the Word together. He's usually more on reading the Word together. And so he gets everybody to turn in their Bibles to read the Word together. And the whole congregation reads the Word at the same time. But they're reading the Word. They're getting into the Word of God. That's good. I like people who get into the Word of God. I want that preacher to be reading the Bible. If I get through an entire message and did not have to hear any word from the Word of God, 
That was a waste of time. Because I don't want to hear about the Word. I want to hear about, I want to hear the Word of God preached, read, and gotten into. That's important to me. Because that's what's going to feed you. Find Word-based teaching. You all bust on me for David Ingalls, I know, but David Ingalls is Word-based music. Word-based music. Maybe it's not your liking and style and all that, but it's Word-based. Glory to God, I like going on down the road and getting my faith built up because you can't listen to two more, two or three of his songs without just getting all charged up and say, Glory to God! The Word is working mightily in me! Yes! <laughs> so I get into it for the words. Find Word-based teaching. Hear with a yielded spirit. And put out doubt, sarcasm, and past failures. If you're not doing this, you can be unfaithful to some or all of what you hear. Don't be unfaithful to it. Because you give in to sarcasm, you give in to doubt, you give in to past failures, and as soon as you hear the preacher, as soon as you hear Brother Creflo Dollar come up and talk about your finances, that didn't work for me. My finances are still in the tank. I don't know what Brother Creflo is talking about. He, you don't know about my situation. Your experiences tainted you. And what happened was Brother Cruffalo has given you truths that helped him get to where he is financially. And what are you doing? Shutting it down. Brother Fred Price, great teacher on faith. You ought to go out there and find his podcast. Get his stuff. Great teacher on faith. Listen to stuff. He, he, he makes faith simple. Faith been complicated for you? Get a hold of his stuff. He'll make it simple for you. And you say, how could I not do this before? I don't know. But get hold of it. Get that stuff. When they, this is how you can tell whether you're, you're hearing and heeding. If you hear the same message, the same person teaching again, and you say, oh, all right. This is good. Now, if you have downloaded the podcast of Brother Yanyan, what is he on right now on Sunday morning? End times. He's been on end times for a couple of months. Now, there is probably no one topic that I have looked at and researched more than end times. I have researched it thoroughly and to, to depths that I have not taught because there's some things you, there's just no, no sense in getting into. It's, it's, we just want to get the, the basic stuff of it down. But I have gone into it in great depths to understand these things. And when he's teaching, I've, I've learned from some of his things before, but what he's teaching now is very elementary to some of the things he had taught before. Now, I could, get a, I could get a view of this thing and say, you know what? What in the world am I doing listening to this? I could teach this class. And what happens to me? I stop hearing. I stop heeding. I'm going through every one of his end times teaching. I'm listening to it. Hear it. I know we agree. I don't have to go through it to find out if he's teaching something that I don't agree with or... I know we agree. I already know that part of it. But I'm going to listen to it anyway. I'm going to hear what's going on. Don't get to that place. Hear with the yielded spirit. And put out doubt, sarcasm, past failures. How many times have you listened to somebody teach something and up on the inside of you, a sarcastic remark, a sarcastic thought comes up. And I'll bet some of you have even spoken it out with your mouth. Dear Lord, quit that practice. Stop it immediately. Do not ever do it again. It will hinder you. It will cause you to be an unfaithful person instead of a faithful person. Stay out of that stuff. So, after you get by this part, find word-based teaching, 
hear with a yielded spirit, respond immediately. Respond immediately. And whatever you need to do to respond immediately, you do it. Write it down. Make note for yourself. Find a thing to, to get that done. How many of you, um, yeah, how many of you have electronic devices? You know, I, I'm a gadget guy. I love gadgets. I am so glad I was born in this day and age <laughs> because I thoroughly love gadgets. I can pick up a gadget and within 24 hours be able to tell you every, every part about it. Its weaknesses, its strengths, how to set it up. It doesn't take me long. My mind can get wrapped around a gadget so fast. When I call in to technical support people, I generally get moved up very high. I was working with one of the gadgets, one of the computers from Dell. And I got bumped up to their highest level of technical support to work on a problem they have never tackled. And they and me found an answer. And they put it into their... Well, we've got to write all this stuff down. And I said, well, look, I'll write down the stuff that I did to get it done. Because way back when Vista first came out, and I found a solution to do something they didn't know how to do. And we got it down and they put it down in their thing. So if anybody ever called again, they had the procedure of how to take care of that. Got paid nothing. Got paid nothing. I found problems with Apple's materials. I found a problem with Apple's thing that went pretty deep into it. I think three, four levels high where they said, you know, you'll be, I, I got to take you up to somebody else. They need to work on this with you because they know more about this stuff. Got out to them, be, got beyond their experience level on it, got out to somebody else. Finally, we decided, said, look, I'm going to run this, 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 and this, and I will find out a pattern to this thing. And sure enough, I found out a pattern to that thing, wrote it all down in an email and sent it off to them so they could find out. Because I love gadgets. I think like gadgets do. I'm convinced of that. They must have just made them like me. I, I can think like they can think. And I can make those things. Oh, I just, I, I like that. If I have a, a, something to remind me about, my phone will remind me. In fact, uh, there was a reminder that comes up to remind me about something tomorrow. And I have so many of the gadgets all synced up together that at six, five thirty this morning, I think it was five thirty this morning, I'm in the office working away on some stuff, and all of a sudden, three alarms went off in the office because <laughs> they're all synced together, all reminding me about something that's coming up tomorrow. And I already knew it was coming up tomorrow, so it didn't surprise me. But I knew it had to be a reminder because all three of them all went off at the same time. You know why? Because all of my clocks are exactly the same. They're all exactly the same. Now, that wouldn't matter to you, right? You could care less if they're all the same. I want them all the same. When they all went off to this morning, I thought, oh, this is good. <laughs> this is good. Yeah, I like that. But respond immediately. You can take those gadgets of yours. You can take that phone of yours. You can take that iPod of yours. You can take that MP3 player of yours. You can take that computer of yours. And you can make um, reminders that pop up and remind you. Are you doing this that you learned from the Word of God? If you're serious about it, you can. And it's easy to do. You don't have to be a gadget guy like me. It's easy to do. How many of y'all found out that podcasting is pretty easy? It's not that hard. It's pretty easy. A couple of bumps in a row, but you know, that's, that's, it's all pretty easy. It's, and it's getting easier as you're going along. We can show you more stuff that'll do. I told you before, I uncovered a secret for filing away all my teaching. Because I have a whole lot of teaching. And I have a way of putting it on my computer that makes it so simple to find and so simple to play. So uh, we'll, we'll go over that one of these days. Help you out with that sort of stuff.
You know, there's no sense reinventing the wheel. Five half other people already re- already invented something. I'd rather find out what they did and learn from them. But respond immediately. Whatever you have to do, respond immediately. Get that thing to work in your life. You learned the principle. You learned the concept. Get it to work in your life. Do not put it aside. And you, you teenagers, kids that are here with us, understand there comes a point in your life where you no longer get healed because mom and dad pray for you. You get healed because you believe. Understand this too. You don't get to heaven because you had Christian mom and mommies and daddies. You get to heaven because you believe. Make sure you be the one who believes. Respond immediately. The next one. Expect the results promised. This is the flow. I got to respond immediately. Now I got to keep my expectation to that point that I expect what the Word of God promised. Yeah, but it didn't work before. But it didn't work for Aunt Betsy. But I heard someone say, but I don't know that this is... I tell you, there's a whole lot of stuff, folks, I don't understand yet about the Word of God. But it cannot influence my expectation. I must expect what God's Word says. As soon as I get to a place where I don't expect it anymore, I got trouble. Expect the results promised. Speak the Word, not what you see. Speak the Word. When you get involved in a situation and it's telling you something different from what you are responding to from the Word of God, speak the Word. When you run into that situation and there's no water, don't be like the Israelites who speak what they see. There's no water. God brought us here to die. Speak the Word. Well, Moses, God said He's going to take us to the promised land. And this isn't the promised land, so we aren't dying here. We're obviously moving on. Speak the Word. And take it even beyond speaking the Word. Don't in your thought light entertain anything sarcastic about the Word of God coming true. Get it all out of your head. Take authority over that. The Word of God says you can take every thought captive. Take everything captive. Keep the flow going. Then even after this, you can add this part there on the end if you want to. But after you get all done to keep the flow going, teach what you learned to someone else. That keeps that flow going. Well, let's get into the faithful people. Here in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtain a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. This is why scientists today have such a hard time with creationism. Because they are trying to get their head around a false concept. They have gone after the notion that the universe was formed from matter. And they're trying to find out what matter, what caused all that matter to do, to do this to come together. But the Word of God is very clear on this. Read verse 3 again. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. He says it right there. What we see, this earth, the water, the sky, the moon, the sun, were not made by things that were visible. They were made by what? The Word of God. No wonder they can't find the origin. 
the Word of God. Take that to your science teacher and see what they say. See how they like that one, huh? <laughs> By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witnesses that, that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead still speaks. Why was Abel, Abel's sacrifice more acceptable? Because he listened to what God said. God said, bring the animals. He didn't say bring the fruit. I know God likes fruits in the church, but not in the sacrifice. Yeah, fruits are allowed in the church, just not in the sacrifice. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Who what? He's a rewarder of those. Don't be casually seeking him. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. Well, isn't Noah, isn't he moving by things spoken by the word of God, not what he sees? We know it hadn't rained in Noah's day. So God says, I'm going to send rain on the earth. What? What is that? I'm going to send rain on the earth. Get ready. Build an ark. And he's building an ark. There's no lake next to you. He doesn't have lakefront property. He's waiting for the lake to come to him. And it does. But that took faith. And that took saying things and declaring things that were not necessarily true. He had to stay faithful to it for 100 years. He stayed faithful to what God said. Build an ark. Build it up a case that you would. Frame it this way. Seal it this way. Make these stalls. Put this for the roof. For 100 years, he did all that. And DeWalt wasn't around back then. No Black & Decker. No Sears hardware. Craftsman tools. No Home Depot. Oh. Where'd he get his wood? He had to go out to the forest. What'd he cut it down with? What'd he shape it with? He didn't have a planer. Dear Lord. <laughs> Boy, I tell you what, I have made bunk beds without a planer and I have made bunk beds with a planer. Glory to God for planers. Oh, my. But Noah didn't have all that. And he still stayed faithful for 100 years. Stay faithful with it. Well, I've been faithful to God for two weeks. Anybody here over 100 years old? You have not been as faithful as, as Noah. There's your example. So the elders obtained a good testimony. That's our testimony. You stay faithful to the thing God said to do. You keep doing it. Just stay with it. This is what you told me to believe. This is what you said. This is what I'm doing. I'd rather be found faithful than to be found unfaithful having money. Or having whatever it is that you're trying to get by being faithful. A faithful person is one who hears, yields, and does or acts upon the Word of God. That's what a faithful person is. They hear, they yield, and they do or act upon the Word. That's what a faithful person does. They hear it, 
Can't get enough of it. Oh, they want to hear more. They hear it. They yield to it. And they do it. A faithful person does not become slothful toward any part of maintaining the flow. They understand the flow and they stay with it. Don't let the flow get stopped. If you are in your house and you turn on your TV set and it doesn't come on, how many of you yell at Pico? Those guys at Pico, they didn't want me to watch TV now. They turned off the electricity. Can't believe they did that. No, what's usually the problem? Something in the TV set? Something in the wiring? Something in the switch? Don't you check those things first? But as soon as we don't have any prayer answered, as soon as we've been faithful for two weeks and it hasn't worked, who do we blame? The equivalent of Pico. Right? Pico in the natural area, God in the supernatural area. The sender of power. We start blaming God. We don't start looking at the switches and the wiring and the mechanisms. I heard Brother Hagin and I was listening to one of his, uh, one of his teachings this week. And he was talking about, he was over there with, a, with his pastor. And they just prayed. You may remember the story. But they were praying for a while and just praying and praying. This guy just prayed awful. He said it was a terrible prayer. But, you know, he's, he wasn't as bold as way back in his early days. He wasn't as bold then. And the, this pastor would be out there and he'd say he'd pray and, and wail and moan and complain and gripe and everything else to God, begging for revival. And at the end, he'd go off and he'd, he'd say 15 to 30 minutes. God, move some way, somehow. Some way, somehow. Some way, somehow. Some way, somehow. Now, he did that for us for, for a lot longer than I just did. He says, it's irritating, isn't it? <laughs> 15, 20 minutes, the end of each prayer. He'd go on, he'd say that. And then uh, as we're getting closer to the end of it, he, uh, he'd change it up. And he'd go, dear God, move some way somehow. Some way somehow. Some way somehow. Oh God, just move by some hook or crook. <laughs> well, Brother Hagin said, you know, I never prayed, I never prayed more than two days and didn't get an answer. He said, we're, we're doing something wrong. We're praying something wrong. And he got a hold of, hold of God on that and God, God showed him some things. He said, it's not, we're, we're praying the wrong way. He says, we're praying for the power to come down from God. We got to pray for the receiver. And so he went on into the service the next day and, and he talked to him about receiving and as soon as he did, she got all guilt rated and, and uh, oh, I know, I'm a sinner. I probably missed it somewhere and just turned off the power. He says, no, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. Not what I'm talking about. you got to receive by faith. You're not receiving. And he got into ministry on the receiving by faith. All of a sudden, it opened up. She received. God healed. God moved. Glory to God. It was a good thing. But don't always think it's on God sending it. Sometimes it's on our receiving it. We've got to be looking at that part. Am I doing the things that I need to to receive? You can tell real good how, how receptive you are. What happens when you hear the word you've already t heard taught before? What happens to that? Don't ever get to the place where, oh, I've heard that taught before. I don't need this anymore. Don't ever get to that place. Because there's always more that you can, you can hear in that. Do you know everything there is about faith? Do you know everything there is about yielding? Do you know everything there is about finances? And when some preacher, brother, sister begins to get up and starts preaching on finances, 
on faith, whatever it might be. Why don't you sit there and say, I've heard that. You already just acknowledge there's more to be learned. Learn it. If they tell you the same thing you already learned, good. Check yourself up. Am I practicing it? Am I doing it? Am I putting it to work? Make sure you are. Things I can do to stop the flow. What can I do that will stop the flow? First off, when I can, but do not. That will stop the flow. If you can do something and you choose not to, you stop the flow. Because God's Word flows. It flows. It's not made to be a pond. It flows. It flows into you. It moves things. When I can, but I don't. When I know, but act ignorant. How many times have we done that? Do it all the time with mom, right? Growing up. Don't you know you're not supposed to do that? No, I didn't know. Really? You didn't want me to do this? I thought you meant you didn't want me to do... <laughs> yeah. And mom says, yeah, you're, you're just messing with me. I know it. Well, you know it now. <laughs> when I know, but act ignorant. That'll shut off the flow. When I'm silent instead of speaking. Don't be silent. Speak out of your mouth what you expect God to do. Well, I'm just going to be kind of quiet about it and then if it happens, I'll tell everybody. Because that's the example we see in the Word of God, isn't it? Moses went up to the rock and Moses silently struck the rock and when water came out, he says, God will bring you water out of this rock. Right? Moses comes out in the morning and sees the manna falling and says, God will bring bread from heaven. Is that what he does? Moses comes up to the city of Jericho. And after the walls fall, God says, we have to march around the city six days. On the seventh day, we have to march around it seven times and then the walls will fall. Now, what happens? They say this before. Moses says before, we march around it once, once each day for six days. Seventh day, we march around it seven times. whole time, we are not to say anything. We are to be silent. Then did he say that ahead of time? Doesn't he call for the manna ahead of time? Doesn't he call for the water from the rock ahead of time? Don't they call for these things before they happen? Doesn't he line up at the river's edge and say that the Red Sea will part? Doesn't Moses say that these Egyptians you see now, you will see no more forever? Declare these things ahead of time. But what if it doesn't happen? See, you just entertain sarcastic, doubting thoughts. That's your problem. You already just found yourself. Get rid of those things. You don't need them. They aren't helping you. They're holding you back. They're stopping the flow. When I'm silent instead of speaking. When I speak doubt instead of belief. Don't speak doubt. If you have doubt that rises up on the inside of you, get rid of it. Don't speak it out. Get rid of the thing. In hearing other things more. In hearing what your doctor says more than what the Word of God says. In hearing what your job says instead of what the Word of God says. In hearing what experts are saying about the economy over what God says. Quit it. Stop hearing the other things. I get to practice this every time I go into Home Depot. Every time I go into Home Depot. I'm in there and I'm loading up all the wood I can. You know, sometimes you go in there and you can buy $100 worth of wood and sometimes you go in there and you can buy three or $400 worth of wood. It all depends on the good day, bad day. You just you go in there and you, you find what you can. 
And so I'm in there and I'm fishing that wood and I'm putting it onto the cart. A couple of the guys that are over there, Dennis is one of the main ones. He'll come on over to me and says, hey, you're in here again, huh? I says, yes, sir. Yep, need some more wood. He says, well, it's a good thing you're busy. Nobody else is. Mm. So I always speak stuff about it. Yes, sir, I am busy. Tell everybody all the time, I have all the beds I want to make. If I wanted more, there'd be more, but I have all the beds I want to make. Don't speak data to that stuff. There, and there, there are people, I had a, the people I do uh, actually got the, the business from, I buy all the hardware from. And I told them before, I says, look, if you ever want to, you, know, you have new people want to buy into the business, send them my way. I'll talk it up for them. And they call me back two days later, just talk to a person. And he's uh, kind of afraid about the economy, where it's going. And uh, maybe you could talk to him, help him out. Sure. Have him give me a call. So I gave him a call. I was on the phone with him about a half hour. Talked to him. He says, don't you worry about the economy. He says, there will always be people buying bunk beds. If the economy gets hard, then people who weren't buying bunk beds before are buying bunk beds now. It will always be, always be good. So it turned out later on, he did go out there and he, and he bought the thing and, and went after it. But don't, don't entertain that in your thoughts. Now sometimes, you know, I've gone through, I, I like to shoot for something like one to two beds a week. Something in the nose, uh, neck of the woods. Sometimes I go through a week and there's no bed orders. And the thought will come in, oh, here it comes. It's going to slow down. It's going to slow down. I say, you will not. Next week I'll probably get two or three. I'm not going to slow down. I'm going to do just fine. And I, I rebuke that. I keep making. Because sometimes, you know, if it starts to slow down, you can kind of relax. God, I don't have to make things all that all that fast. You know, it's, it's not coming in all that much. And, and all that sort of, no, you gotta keep, gotta keep going. Gotta keep, keep moving on. Gotta keep going. It's, it's your outlook on it. It's your outlook on it. I told you before the story, you were going to Christmas. Economy was already supposedly going down then. And I geared up a little bit better for this Christmas. Shut down taking orders for Christmas by Thanksgiving Day. Shut down. Told everybody, if you want it before Christmas, I can't do it. Got all the orders I can make between now. And I think I had 20 bids to try and put out between then and, that was a 16 or 20 bit somewhere in there. That, that was it. I said, I, I, I can't do anything more than that. I'm going to be pushing it hard just to, just to do that. Next year, we'll, we'll get even more ready. But don't, don't have that attitude. If you entertain that thought, it will bring it about. If you think people don't like you, they won't. If you think people will like you, they will. Just, just don't do that. I have people all the time, you know, that... In the construction, my sister's telling me about uh, my her her son. People aren't paying him for different construction work. All my customers pay me. Every one of them. That's my expectation. That's what I say. That's what I believe. It's so good. I believe it's so strong. I don't take any deposits. I tell all people, you can call up. You don't have to do anything to put a better order in. Just tell me what you want. When I get there, you can pay me. Every one of them does. It's all what you, what you do. You can create your expectations. You can create what goes on with your, with your mouth. And hearing other things more. Don't hear other things more. In expecting failure or lesser success. Don't expect failure or lesser success. You've got to expect the Word of God. Now, here's the, here's the kicker. Faith comes by what? Hearing. hearing. What do you hear? The Word of God. You have got to hear the Word of God. You have got to hear. There's a whole lot of Christians out there. A whole lot of folks that were down there at Raymond. Raymond students. 
They were believing things, but they hadn't heard from God. They're just having faith for it. I mean, the, the extreme cases, you know, some guys going around and you find some pretty young thing over there and I'm believing God for her. Well, yeah, it's not quite going to work that way. Some, some young gal might be believing God for him. That's, it's not going to work that way. That's, their will is involved. So you, you, God does not give you the word, that one shall marry you. Now, if they do, and God says that, though, you still have to, you know, quarter, do things and talk to her, and then it's just going to happen. It's, you gotta, you gotta go out there and do some things for it. God has sometimes told, told that to people. But God had told them that. What we're doing a lot of times is, we are creating the word we want to believe. If you create the word you want to believe, God has no business fulfilling it. God fulfills His Word, not yours. Make sure that what you say is based on His Word. It's based on His will. It's based on what He said. Don't just go out there and say, well, I'm believing God. How are you going to get to that? How is that going to happen? What does God show you as a process? Well, I don't know what the process is. I'm just believing God it will happen. Go through the Word of God. The stories we just looked at. God says, I will deliver you from these Egyptians. The guy just say, just don't worry about the details. Just stand there. See, he say that? He says, no, I'm going to take you to the Red Sea. I want you all line up. I'm going to take you to the Red Sea. And the Red Sea was going to collapse on the, on the other folks. He's going to, God gives you a plan. When he says, goes over to Jericho, he didn't just say, just stay over here in the camp and be comfortable and be, be alright and just watch and as soon as you see the walls fall, you know, you know, Neil got, got moved. What does he say? You're going to march around the six days. Seventh day, you're going to march around seven times. He's going to give you a way. And in that way, you have faith in that way. Father God, if I do this, you said, if I do this and I do this and I do this, this will happen. This will happen. You have spoken this to me. You have told me this. In order for that to happen, folks, you've got to get before God in prayer. You've got to read His Word. You've got to hear what God says to you. And when God says something to you, you be faithful to it. Stay faithful to that Word. Do not let that Word go because once that Word comes to you, once the Word of God is spoken into your life and it comes down and it sits on the inside of you, what happens to the Word? The parable of the sower, are we, not, are we not given a strategy for which attacks come at the Word? The cares of this life? The birds that come down and eat the Word? All these things that happen, the sun, the lack of roots, all these things are enemies to that Word that came down. And folks, there's a whole lot of Christians that are being faithful to other words because it's easier than being faithful to what God said. God came down and He spoke this to their life and He says, this is for you. This is what you are to do. And they did it for a week, two weeks, a year, two years, five years, whatever it was. And then it began to get tired and begin to wear down because the sun was hot. Because the birds were coming and eating the seed or the cares of this life were beginning to choke them out. And they were letting it go. Not doing what God had said to do. Not staying on what God had said to stay on. And they were drifting away from it. And they kind of expect God to come on back and pat them on the back and say, come on, keep going. That's what I told you. That's what I told you. Remember David Ingalls I told you about before? Every single album he puts out, he puts out the word that God spoke to him. 
How many have a David Ingalls album? I have the Word of God to him memorized. <laughs> it's not even to me. <laughs> it's to him. <laughs> but he was faithful to it. He put it. Brother Hagin spoke a word over him. And he put that on every album he did. The Lord spoke to me. Told me some things, he said. You'll begin to write with a new anointing. And he begins to tell you all the things that happened because of that anointing. <coughs> he kept it in mind. And folks, it was I heard that, that God spoke to him in 83. I don't know when he, heard, he said it before. I don't even know when it came to him. It's now 2009. And he still says it as often as he said in 83. He's not looking for a new word. He's not looking for God to come down and tell him something different. He keeps coming up and he keeps saying the same thing. The Lord spoke to me and he told me some things. He says, you'll begin to write with a new anointing. Through that anointing, through that ministry. And he keeps going over it and over it and over it. What has God spoken to you to do? What has God spoken you to do with your children? What has God spoken you to do in your job? What has God spoken you to do to learn the Word of God? What has God spoken to you to do? Be faithful to that Word. Do not let that Word go. Do not let any circumstances crowd that Word out. Do not let any cares of this life crowd that Word out. Do not let a scorching sun crowd that Word out. But you continue to do it and continue to go. And be faithful to it. And if God never speaks another word to you about what you were to do, you will remain faithful to it. You'll be like Joshua who stood on that mountainside for 40 days, hearing the sound of war in the camp and did not move. Because the word that was given to him was, stay here until I come back. Can we be that faithful? Father, we thank you for your word. We can be faithful to your word. We can be faithful to the things that you have spoken to us. We will be faithful. For what you have said to us is what you meant. You didn't change your mind. You had reason for that to be in our heads. For that to be spoken to our spirit. For us to receive those words. There are some words in your word that speak directly to us. There are some that are in general to the body of Christ. There are some to our situation, our role. But whatever it is, we will be faithful to the words that are written and the word that is spoken to us. We thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.